Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week our podcast features an episode of That Hammer Guy called The Lillian Martin Case. It first aired on April 7th, 1953. It's 8 o'clock. Next time you serve cocktails, use G&D Vermouth. G&D. The number one selling mystery character in all fiction is on the air. The hard-hitting private eye, Mike Hammer, in the Mickey Spillane mystery, That Hammer Guy. The makers of kicks, tasty, crispy corn puffs, food for action. And the makers of mild, flavorful camels, America's most popular cigarette. And the publishers of Esquire magazine, in cooperation with the Mutual Broadcasting System, present That Hammer Guy, a new suspense series transcribed based on Mickey Spillane's fabulous Mike Hammer. More than 20 million readers have thrilled to his exciting books. In just a moment, you'll meet in person Mickey Spillane's That Hammer Guy. Here's the shocking truth. The truth about the growing immorality in the United States. May Esquire's revealing expose, Call Girls and Fall Guys, reports that millions of Americans would end up behind prison bars if it were possible to enforce all the laws on sex. Yes, it's the truth, now told in a way you've never heard before. And it's in the current issue of Esquire. Here are the startling facts. Each year, both you and the government are cheated by those who would use immorality as an income tax deduction. And loose money is buying loose morals in a way that threatens your very way of life. May Esquire reveals the carefully hidden secrets of New York and Hollywood's Romeos and Juliets. Don't miss Call Girls and Fall Guys in the May issue of Esquire on your newsstand now. And now, here is Larry Haynes in the Mickey Spillane mystery, That Hammer Guy. You've been prowling the town like a happy tomcat with a night full of delicatessen garbage cans. But by the time dawn rolls around, you've got that washed-out gray feeling. So you turn in at the nearest glorified flop house and hit up the sleepy room clerk for a berth. Here's the key, room 500. Someone just checked out. You're lucky. Any special service you want? All you want is sleep. So you crawl in the sack like a bear who's finally found its winter cave. But just when you settle down to hibernate, the knocking starts. Your shirt on. Okay, okay, I'm coming. Yeah, what is it? Uh, oh. Before the world exploded into orange flashes, all you saw was a pair of old beat-up brown and white saddle shoes. The stabbing pain in your side brings you out of the whirling blackness. And you're still in the room. But on the bed now. And the unfriendly, pasty face of the desk clerk is looking down into yours. You're lucky, Hammer. It's only a flesh wound. This is luck. I'd like to know what you think misfortune is. If you're going to get yourself shot, why pick this hotel? Where else in town can you get a bullet through your side instead of breakfast in bed? You can't afford to be funny. Oh, well, thanks for the patch job. 
Does uh, a little information come with the room service? For information, you go to a booth in an apartment store. I'd like to know who plugged me. You don't mind that, do you? Your clothes are hanging over the chair. You're all checked out. I asked you a question. How should I know? You fool around with dames. Things like this can happen. This wasn't a dame. You know more than I do. Why ask me? There was a guy wearing brown and white saddle shoes. That's all I know. You tell me the rest. All I can tell you is to get out of here. Well, maybe I want to stay till the doctor comes. You don't need a doctor. All right, then the cops. Look, Hammer, you don't want any trouble with cops. They ask a lot of questions. We don't want any trouble with the cops either. We got enough trouble already. I'll bet you have. Like I said, your clothes are on the chair. We need the room. Uh-huh, for a shooting gallery. You got ten minutes to get out. Well, I'll need more. Ten minutes or a couple of guys will be up to show you. I'll show you. Be hospitable or you'll get your neck wrapped around the bedpost. You're going to answer my question. You're going to answer or you're going to go around with your head in a cast for a long time. All right, all right, all right. Don't stop. Uh, you saw the guy who shot me. No, I didn't. On the brights. I-, I swear. He must have passed through the lobby downstairs. You were the last person I saw in the lobby. Probably used the back stairs. You said somebody just checked out of the room before I took it. Who was it? I don't know his name. You got a register. He didn't sign in. He slipped me five bucks nah, to sign in. Let's try that again. Martin. It's just Frank Martin. Why didn't you want to tell me his name? He slipped me the money to keep my mouth shut. Okay, fill me in with the rest. What kind of a guy was this Frank Martin? Looked like a haste. He checked in two days ago. Stayed in his room all the time, even... Had his meals sent up. Why'd he leave? I don't know. He came running down the stairs like the devil was after him and went out. Went out where? Didn't leave a forwarding address. Oh, you want more to say? No, wait. All right, keep talking. I helped him get a cab. I heard him tell the driver something. What? An address. The Hotel Fairfield, I think. You just think? Fairfield, I'm sure. That's better. No trouble. I told you we don't want any trouble here. Yeah, well, you better pray you told me the truth. Well, I did. Now, will you please get out of here? All right. But if you didn't level with me, I'll be back. And it won't be the reputation of this joint I'll hurt. It'll be you. You'll find Frank Martin at the Fairfield, all right. But someone found him before you did. Whoever shot you by mistake got to Martin and corrected the error. The desk clerk was right. This Frank Martin must have been a hayseed. The kind of a guy you'd expect to see calling the turns at a square dance. The room's been stripped of everything except a leather picture frame on the night table. And whoever tore out the picture left the lower right-hand corner jammed into the broken glass. And on that corner, you read the scrawl, To my darling husband, from Lillian. Except for that, you're at a standoff. Yeah. Frankie. Uh, yeah. This is Ella. I found out where she is, Frankie boy. You're in for a big surprise. Who? Who? You spent two years looking for that ever-loving wife of yours. You come here all the way from Kansas, and now that I can deliver her, you sound like it don't mean a thing. Uh, where is she? Where is she? Say, what's the matter with you? Don't you remember our agreement? Oh, uh, yeah, I just was anxious. Well, don't get too anxious. A bargain's a bargain, Frankie boy. You bring the 500 bucks, and you'll get the information. Mm-hmm. Bring it where? Jefferson Park in 20 minutes, okay? Fine. I'll be under the statue of Columbus. And believe me, Frankie boy, you're going to discover a whole new world. You've got to know the rest about Frank Martin because you've got to know how you can locate saddle shoes. 
On the way over to the park, you keep thinking about a mild little guy who came to the big city to find his wife and was stopped dead. When you get to the statue of Columbus, there's a dame standing under it, glancing around like a lookout for a heist job. Looking for something? If I was, you couldn't find it. That's a nice statue, but you'd make a much nicer one. Don't get fresh. I might blow the whistle. Well, there's nothing wrong with talking, is there? This isn't the time. I'm here on business. Mm-hmm. You're lucky I know what kind of business, or I might blow the whistle. Hey, who are you? Well, we made a date, Ella. Remember? Either I have a short memory, or you've got a long nose. Frankie Martin. I'm right about the nose, it's Smith. Our business. You uh, have some information for me. I have some information, but you're not Frank Martin. You'll have to settle for me. Where's Frank? My date's with him. He's been dead over an hour. Try again. I just talked to him 20 minutes ago. You talked to me. Too bad. About Martin? About the 500. I hate to miss a payoff like that. Ah, well, you can tell me what you were going to tell him. Sure, I could. Well. Got the 500? No. I didn't think so. Yeah, but why let this relationship be cheapened by money? I never do anything for nothing. I didn't think so. Goodbye, soldier. Your leaf is over. Don't overrate yourself. I just hate to see people killed. It messes up our fair city streets. Killed? What's that supposed to mean? Frankie Martin was looking for his wife, Lillian, wasn't he? So? So somebody didn't want him to find her, so he got killed. So he got killed. What's that got to do with me? You know where his wife is, don't you? All right, I do. Why should you want to know? You're no cop, are you? No, I'm no cop. But I'm curious about Lillian Martin and the guy who wears a pair of beat-up saddle shoes. I stopped one of saddle shoes slugs for Frank Martin before the mistake was corrected. Saddle shoes, huh? Maybe I could locate them for you. Cash on the line, of course. Hmm. What a wonderful friend you'd make. The only friend I have looks at me in the mirror every morning when I brush my teeth. I bet you like to think that people write books about you. I learned early in life that you get by only on a strict cast-and-carry basis. And I didn't read it in a book. You might tell me how well you know Lillian Martin. Well enough to feel sorry for a husband. Now go home and lick your wounds. You look like the kind of a guy with a past that can absorb this experience. The wound of mine isn't going to get healed till I find saddle shoes and Lillian Martin. Save your strength. Even in my society, her kind is marked no good. You can easily lose your life membership in your society. You said that before. You know where she is. It'll be just as easy to kill you as it was to kill Martin. I can take care of myself. Yeah, that's what they all say before the gun goes off. Now, if you'll tell you me... You still haven't got the 500. See you around. You should live so long. You watch her walk down the park path, swinging her hips like a basketball player taking a pivot shot. In a moment, she's free of the bushes and out in the open. You grind out your cigarette and start to follow. Only you don't get far. And Ella, well, she makes even less progress. In just a moment, we'll return to That Hammer Guy. Here's a sad little song by a person who starts the day without breakfast. It's a shame to be a Nixie like me. I suffer from a lack of energy. Won't somebody tell me why I fail in everything I try? It's a shame to be a Nixie like me. People slow to catch on. Hard to get started are Nixies, unlike quick-witted, fast-footed Kixies. Kixies are men of action who eat kicks, food for action, peppy boys and girls, grown-ups, too, who build breakfast around a heaping bowl of kicks, have lots of energy every morning, 
because Kix is an 83% energy food. Start your day with Kix Corn Puffs. Tender, tasty, crisp. Eat Kix. Food for action. Oh, it's grand to be a Kixie like me. Always feeling full of pep and energy. Every morning I eat kicks, so I'm never in a fix. Oh, it's grand to be a Kixie like me. And now, back to the Mickey Spillane mystery. That hammer guy. <laughs> can't see where the shots come from, but you know by the crazy pirouette Ella makes as she goes down that she isn't getting up anymore. And when she goes down, your hopes of locating either Lilliental shoes sink with her. She was dealing for $500, but all she has in her pocketbook is $2.40 and several matchbooks advertising the friendship bar. After you call Pat Chambers at Homicide, you go to that bar. Look all wound up, mister. Why don't you relax? You've been buying drinks around, but nobody knows a thing. You take a look at the dame who's wrapped around the bar stool next to you. And you know a few more drinks and she won't even recognize her own name. Sophisticated lady. Isn't that a pretty song? It's a song. Special for me. Never get tired of listening. I hear you've been asking around about Lillian. Wouldn't you like to buy me a drink? Sure, why not? What are you drinking? Almost anything. Name it. Bourbon will be fine. Same as you. Another one of these, bartender. Such a pretty song. What about Lillian? Sophisticated lady. It's my special favorite piece. Oh, um, your drink. Thanks. Well, that's you here, huh? To you, mister. You want to know about Lillian Martin? That's right. Forget her, mister. She's no good. She'll ruin you. Look, I want information, not advice. How well do you know her? Lillian, too well. Look at me. Pretty. Oh, I can no. be pretty again, too, anytime I want. All I have to do is stop drinking this stuff. So why don't you stop? Because <laughs> I can't. <laughs> you ask a silly question, you get a silly answer. Silly, isn't it? What was she to you? Lillian? Everything, nothing. What's that supposed to mean? Two kinds of people in this world. One with a long story and the ones with a short story. You don't want to hear the story of my life, do you? I've got nothing but time. Oh, I'm the short story type. Lillian was my friend. I gave her a place to sleep, helped her get a job, let her wear my clothes. Even introduced her to, as they say in the storybooks, the man I loved. And? And she took him away from me. You want to find her? I want to find her. Me too. Ruined me. Ruined my boyfriend. Ruined the only guy I ever loved. You ever hear such a sad short story? My name's Vera Condon. Call me Vera if you like. What about your ex-boyfriend? Is he around? Dave? Hmm? Haven't seen him since she took him away. No. Well, maybe he'll come floating back. Dave? I'll slam the door right in his face. No, I won't. But what's the difference? What I do? He's not coming back. Look, uh, Vera, here's my card. If he does show, give me a ring, huh? If you happen to find out where he is, let me know. You're a nice guy. We should have met before. Things would have been different. Yeah. Things always would have been different. The days roll by as slow as glue coming out of a bottle. And with every itching ache of a healing wound in your side, you know you're going to find Lillian Martin in saddle shoes if it's the last thing you do. 
You try everything, look everywhere, but nothing happens. And just when you're ready to face the fact you're in a downfall with no hope for a breeze, the phone rings. Mike, this is Vera Comden. Come over to room 417, the royalty apartments. The door will be open. If the apartments are royalty, you know they've been in exile too long. Vera's room is filthy with empty bottles and smells like old home week at a Kentucky mountain still. And she's sprawled over the bed, kicking her feet against the backboard in time to the phonograph record. Ever hear such a pretty song, Mike? Sophisticated lady. What do you want to see me about, Vera? I remember when guys didn't have to have a reason to see me. Now, you know what my reason is. Yeah. Lillian. Always her. What's the matter with me? Nothing, but... You can't kid me, I know. Oh, no more sophisticated ladies. You know something. That's why you asked me over. You know something about Lillian Martin. She disappeared over a year ago with Dave. I still don't know where she is. Maybe Dave does. You uh, told me you didn't know where he is. Well, you know how girls are. They always change their minds. So? Well, there ought to be something in it for me besides a drink at a bar, don't you think? What do you want, Vera? Something I lost a long time ago. My self-respect. I can't help you with that. Too late, huh? Mike, you don't have to be honest all the time. Vera, I can't help you lie to yourself. You can't break every mirror in the world. Nobody can help me anymore. Nobody but you. You're a nice guy. I like you, Mike. I'm a guy looking for somebody. If I tell you where he is, will you come back and see me? Sure. Even if you find Lillian? Sure. His name's Dave Williams. Where will I find him? Where you find everybody who's been nice to Lillian. At the bottom of the ladder. In the mud. And where's the mud he's in? A place called the Gotham Club down on the 4th Street. But don't let the name fool you. It's a flea bag of a flop house. Thanks. Here, uh, maybe you can use this. Twenty dollars. You're a nice guy, Mike. You don't have to tell me what it's for, so you don't have to bother with someone like me anymore. I'm paid off. I told you I'll come back. I mean it. I can straighten out, Mike. Honest. Sure you can. If the bottle you buy has perfume in it. Sure. Perfume. That's a good idea. When you see me again, I'll be like I was before. Sparkling, just like those rhinestones. I can really straighten out. You leave Vera all hope But you know her hope is as empty as the stock exchange on Sunday morning You know just what kind of a bottle she's going to buy When you find Dave Williams in that flop house You begin to understand what she means about Lillian It's an old story, friend she made me what I am today. You don't know what Dave Williams was like a year ago, but today he isn't winning any prizes as a lady killer. It's crazy for a guy to believe in a dame. You always find out too late. Isn't what Vera told me. Vera? Yeah, I understand it's even too late for her. I'm only interested in Lillian right now. Forget her. I can try, but her husband won't let me. Husband? So she had one of those, too? Yeah. And he got paid off worse than you did. Somebody killed him because he wanted to find her. Always a smart operator, that Lillian. Nobody who uses a gun instead of his brains is smart. I wonder. What? Who's better off, her husband or me? I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I could use a benefit. Now, just tell me where I can get hold of Lillian, and I'll leave you. Get hold of her? <laughs> you got a shovel handy? What do you mean? Lillian's dead. She's been buried in Fairmont Cemetery for over six months.
just a moment, we'll return to That Hammer Guy. And now, back to the Mickey Spillane mystery, That Hammer Guy. When Dave Williams tells you that Lillian Martin is dead, the news hits you like a pile driver. But right after that shock, you get the biggest crusher of them all. Just as you get up to leave, you look down at the foot of his bed. And there, peeping out at you like obscene eyes, is a pair of old, beat-up brown and white saddle shoes. You want to turn back and listen to a few of Dave's bones crack, but you hold yourself in and get out. You're waiting outside in your car when he comes out and gets into a cab. You tail him to a Tony apartment building on Park Avenue. You watch him go in, call on the house phone, and then take off. The doorman tells you his call was to the penthouse occupied by a Mr. and Mrs. Stephen Kane. Kane himself greets you at the penthouse door, shows you into the library, and answers your questions with the calm of an efficient surgeon. I'm sorry, Mr. Hammer, but I never heard of this Lillian Martin. I didn't think you did. This, uh, this isn't her kind of world. I suppose we ourselves create our own kind of world. Yeah, well, sometimes you get helped along, whether you like it or not. I happen to believe that we are the masters of our own destinies. Well, maybe you're right, but it's nice to think you've got someone to blame. Just what do you mean by that? I mean the guy who called up here a few minutes ago. Nobody called here. This phone is used for my business only. Well, for him, the call might have been for pleasure. The call may have come in on the house phone. It did. You could be entirely mistaken, Mr. Hammer. Is your wife around? I don't know. What does she do, fly in and out the window? She's anything but a witch, Mr. Hammer. I didn't mean it that way. I'm sure you didn't. You're perhaps referring to her coming and going without my knowledge. Yeah, that's right, I am. She has a private entrance to her portion of the apartment. Society life is rather boring, unless you have an outside interest such as charity work. I'm afraid Helen has thrown herself completely into her hobby. Hmm. I never met a husband who doesn't know where his wife is. I don't have to know. I trust my wife implicitly. Yeah, well, like you said, people create. But I'd still like to know about that phone call. Then why don't you ask my wife? Well, I thought you said you didn't know whether or not she was here. I was only talking in theory. I like people to know how well mated we are. Saves embarrassing talk about the difference in our ages. Mm -hmm. Would you mind calling her in? She's resting in her sitting room. You may go in, if you like. You go into the sitting room, and the first feeling you get is the fluffiness of the ruffles and the smoothness of the satin. But Mrs. Helen Kane, for better or worse, is conspicuous by her absence. Then you spot a photograph on an end table. It's a shot of a beautiful, blonde, slow-eyed dish, practically smiling the words of the autograph in the lower right-hand corner. To my darling husband, from Helen. And it's written in the same scrawl that's spelled out, To my darling husband, from Lillian. Oh, Mike. I came back like I promised, Vera. Thanks. Same song. Same pretty song, sophisticated lady. My song. I saw Dave Williams, Vera. Did he ask for me? No, he talked mostly about Lillian. Oh. He said she was dead. I can't say I'm sorry. But she isn't. Huh? Dead. I found her. You did? What did she say? She said, you did? What did she say? 
you're laughing at me, Mike. You got nothing to laugh at, Lillian. I'm not that drunk. You got the names mixed up. Mine's Vera. Sure. Vera and a lot of other things, too, including Mrs. Helen Kane. Now who's drinking too much? Look, I saw your photo in your sitting room with your autograph. Oh? Oh. I've heard of dames making themselves up but never down, like you. And you didn't believe Dave about my death six months ago. I almost did until I saw his saddle shoes under the bed. Is that a mistake? The worst kind. I was shot by a guy wearing saddle shoes. Oh? Oh. Pity I didn't have a chance to spend that $20 you gave me. Would have been for perfume. No perfume could kill the stink of death around you. Well, I had to do something about Frank. My new husband would have been horrified if he found out I was a bigamist. From Hayseed to Park Avenue, worked your way up the ladder, didn't you? Girl's got a right to live. So did Frank Martin. So that dame who was killed in Park Avenue. All she wanted was 500 bucks. She wanted much more from me. What does Dave Williams want from you? All the money he can get. But I don't mind giving it to him. Nice guy, Dave. I'm satisfied. Sure, as long as your husband doesn't find out. He's old, and he doesn't ask questions. He's glad to have me around. On my turn. He's not going to have you around anymore, Vera, or Lillian, or Helen. By the way, which is it, really? Pick anyone, Mike. Any name you call me is all right. Now, you wouldn't like the name I've got picked out for you. Mike. You're thinking of a price. Everybody's got one. Well, this is one time I haven't. You should have believed Dave. Doesn't make any difference now. Doesn't it? Oh. Why did you wait till now to get out that gun? I thought it wouldn't be necessary. Yeah, but it is, huh? Very. You'll never use it. You think I came here alone? I think you're bluffing. Wait and see. Sorry, I can't. You try a bluff and it doesn't work, but something else does. Right on top of the shot, Vera's body jerks like a monkey on a string. And then the string breaks. You swing around and standing behind you in the doorway is Stephen Kane. The only motion is the smoke swirling up from the nose of the gun in his hand. You know how he got here. He followed you. She had it on her terms long enough. Now it's on mine. You switch your eyes from him to the twisted body on the floor. The sophisticated lady. The fight against cancer commands our deepest concern. This disease can strike anyone, and it will strike one in five of us. However, it is a heartening fact that progress is being made against cancer. The gains made through the research, education, and service programs must continue but need our united support. Because of the serious nature of the problem and the way each of us may be personally affected, it is important that your response equals the urgency of the challenge. Since cancer can strike anyone, everyone should take proper protective measures. Have regular physical examinations and learn the seven danger signals. For free literature on these seven danger signals, contact your local unit of the American Cancer Society. Education alone could save 70,000 lives annually, which are lost only because treatment is begun too late. Don't fail to do your share in fighting mankind's most dread disease. Cancer strikes one in five. Strike back. Next week at the same time, listen to another suspenseful adventure with America's number one selling mystery character, Mickey Spillane's exciting... That Hammer Guy. Larry Haynes is Mike Hammer, 
with Jan Miner as Vera. This program is presented transcribed by the makers of mild, flavorful camels, America's most popular cigarette, the publishers of Esquire magazine, and the makers of Kicks, tasty, crispy corn puffs, food for action, in cooperation with the Mutual Network. All names and places in this story were fictitious, and any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. The Mickey Spillane mystery, That Hammer Guy, is a Moss and Lewis production. Written by Ed Adamson and directed by Richard Lewis. Ed Ladd speaking. Based on Mickey Spillane's tough guy detective, Mike Hammer, That Hammer Guy aired in a series of half-hour episodes in 1953. The radio show was contemporaneous with the classic movie I, the Jury, based on Spillane's roman noir of the same name. Mike Hammer was the stereotypical hard-boiled detective, depending upon fists rather than finesse. He summarily dispatched the bad guys. Spillane's black and white views of right and wrong were reflected in his character's contempt for the law, which he claimed was an impediment to justice. The role of Hammer was played by Larry Haynes, whose long career included parts on the 1930s radio series Gangbusters. He also voiced characters in Suspense, The Shadow, Inner Sanctum, and X-1, and over 80 episodes of CBS Radio Mystery Theater. He is best known for his television role as Stu Bergman in the daytime soap operas Search for Tomorrow. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.